Today, I share some of your thoughts about our running back conversation yesterday. Plus, can Mike Miles hit the floor tonight? We'll talk about it all next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Like on Horn Frog, subscribe if you haven't on YouTube. You can also, if you're listening to the audio version of this, subscribe on your favorite platform uh, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. I'm at Simcox Stephen on Twitter. Um, I'll put the handy graphic up here on YouTube at Simcox Stephen. You can reach out to me with show ideas. This is the time of year if you have some, uh, if you have something you want to talk about this maybe a little off the beaten path. Let me know because. There's not a ton of just daily news coming out uh, with with football, which is kind of what drives our show the most. But I do want to talk about um, a conversation we had yesterday, which was I, I tackled a little more closely. What's TCU going to do at the running back position in, in 2023? Because Kendra Miller and Amari Mercado were so steady and so good last season, running behind that offensive line. Obviously, now Kendall Bryles, new offensive coordinator, comes with, um, you know, an ability to run the football, a desire to run the football, I guess I should say. That would be a better way to put it. And he used K.J. Jefferson in that role a lot at Arkansas. Now, K.J. Um, is built, you know, uh, in a he's, – he's a bigger QB, you know. Like, he's, he's sturdy. Um, he's a big physical runner. So, it made a lot of sense that they ran the QB a lot. I think they'll try to do that with Chandler at times, but they're not going to use him nearly as much – um, as they did Jefferson at Arkansas. And so the pressure is going to fall on some of these running backs. And like a lot of different positions on this offense, especially at the skill spots, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of potential, but there's not a ton of proven commodities. And so I mentioned some of the names, Amani Bailey, Trey Sanders, the transfer from Alabama, um, Cam Cook, the true freshman, uh, and – I think that was Trent Battle who played uh, a good amount of snaps this year, even though he didn't really do a lot of running the ball out of, you know, more traditional sets between the tackles, that kind of thing. But you guys had some comments, and I was going to share some of those. Zoom play said Bailey will have a huge season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most logical answer. I think that's the hope. Um, Amani Bailey showed a lot of burst and limited snaps last year. However, it was mainly kind of a mop-up duty when – uh, you know, the game was was in hand, but he was a nice change of pace late in games. I think especially uh, Texas Tech game comes to mind. His ability to to get through the hole and get up the field was uh, was pretty big in that contest. Um, and so he was super effective, you know, with the opportunities he had. Now he's going to be carrying a much heavier workload and will be asked to do uh, pretty much everything within the offense that's asked of that running back position, not just – running the ball late in games and trying to milk the clock. Um, Tanner McKinney said, I'm hoping Cam Cook will be the starter. <clears throat> well, he's a really talented player. You know, I, I would be surprised if he came in as a true freshman and he's the starter. If he is, I think that means that uh, he's an even better running back and an even better player than, you know, these scouting services would suggest because that would mean he's jumping Bailey Sanders, even a guy like Trent Battle, who they used – in the offense last season, but I think it's going to be good to have cook on the roster. 
Um, you know, as far as true freshman from a skill position standpoint, I still feel like Cordell Russell, the wide receiver, is going to be a guy that comes in and plays a lot. Somebody asked me a few weeks ago when we were talking about the offensive line, are there any freshmen that can step in there? And, you know, the O-line and D-line, we, now we did see Dominic Williams do this very effectively last year. But typically on both line spots, it's super rare for a freshman to come in and uh, play a lot and be effective. And mainly just because, I mean, it's it's a totally different, um, you know, body type that you have to have to play at the college level. It's mostly older players. Uh, it, it's just a, a major step up from the high school ranks. So I would not expect that, no. And I think even Cam Cook, I feel like he can be a contributor. I would be surprised if he's the main running back. But um, obviously I've been wrong in the past. And, yeah, Tanner, if that's the case, and that means he's a, a very special talent. Um, Jacob Sanders said uh, – or Jacob Langford, excuse me. Jacob Langford said, I think Sanders can come in and dominate like Kendra. Yeah, I mean, Trey Sanders is a highly rated player coming out of high school. I mean, I, I talked about this yesterday. He's a five-star, was in a car accident had um, some significant injuries. So it's really just a question of how healthy he is. Uh, but he did show up in, in different spots at Alabama and, and ran the ball well. So if you're doing it at that level in the SEC, then it speaks to the type of talent you have. And um, he's he's the, he's the type of player you want to take a risk on, you know, a former five-star uh, that is that's trying to get healthy. Those are the type of risk you want to take on your roster. And then there were a few other comments that were a little off the topic, not necessarily because I, I also talked about these things, but um, Craig said the Pac-12 is saying nothing to see here, uh, and he appreciated the analysis of the TCU players from yesterday. Um, but, yeah, the Pac-12, we talked about this yesterday. They're putting out these joint statements, trying to kind of uh, mask some concern and some anxiety there. I think the Big 12 is in a really good position moving forward. Uh, and then Jack Daddy Slim chimed in and just said um, he loves how aggressive TCU has become as of late in all sports. Jeremiah Donati is pushing all of TCU's chips in the center of the table um, and is not kind of going the typical private school route of, you know, being like, oh, we have some we have some um, disadvantages here and we're not going to compete at a high level. They're investing a ton in these different programs. And, yeah, I mean, the facilities – at TCU, uh, the commitment to trying to be as competitive and as good at athletics as possible is really commendable. And uh, Jeremiah Donati and his staff have done a fantastic job of uh, making sure that TCU is at the forefront of you know where they need to be compared to other Big 12 schools and even on a national scale. So uh, I think he's doing a great job. There were some questions when he took over for Chris Del Conte, uh, and I feel like between hiring Sonny Dykes, you know, retaining Kirk Sarloose when Jim Sloshnagel, promoting Kirk Sarloose, excuse me, when Jim Sloshnagel left, um, the the continued push to, hey, let's not just sit here with the status quo. Let's try to find ways to get better. Let's try to find advantages has been really commendable uh, by ADJD. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys chiming in. You can always comment on YouTube when we come back. We'll do a little basketball talk. TCU basketball takes on Iowa State tonight. Mike Miles hopefully will be back. Um, is this a must-win game for the Frogs? We'll discuss that next. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. 
Um, we talked about FanDuel in the NFL, but now we're in the midway point of the NBA season. And it's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. If you have concerns about it, don't worry. It's safe, secure. It's also super easy to use. And if you say to yourself, man, I don't want to start betting money. That's not what I want to get involved in. I don't want to, you know, get to a point where that that's hurting my finances. That's totally understandable. I will say FanDuel does have the special offer right now um, where you can get bonus bets. Uh, you can get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So you can make a small bet, get some of those bonus bets, and then you don't have to use all of your money. You can use some of FanDuel's money, which is the best way to do it. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drains. And there's all kinds of prop bets. It gets as exclusive and as specific as you know, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. So if you want to take those kind of chances, you can do that by downloading the app. You can also do it online. Uh, no sweat first bet to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They are the exclusive betting partner of the NBA. All right, here we go. Locked on Horn Frogs. So uh, TCU and Iowa State. Last time these two teams played, uh, it was an ugly basketball game. Iowa State led for a lot of it, but TCU had a two-point lead late in that contest. Looked like they might steal and win at home. Um, they end up losing 69-67. Iowa State hit a big three you know, late in that game to win it. The Cyclones have ha- are having a great season, but they're struggling as of late. Uh, they whipped Kansas a few weeks ago at home, won 68-53. Since then, they dropped uh, a road game to West Virginia and then dropped a home game to Oklahoma State over the weekend. So now they play TCU at 8 o'clock tonight. Always tough in Hilton Coliseum. Um, Iowa State, they play great defense. You know, that's what they do. Uh, they do have some guys that can score. Jaron Holmes is averaging 13 points a game. Uh, Gabe Kalsher is averaging 12.7 points per game. And, and that's really it as far as guys in double digits. This is a team that they get easy baskets. Um, and they try to play great lockdown defense and suffocate you and make it an ugly game, and it's worked for them this year, um, and they're playing at a high level. Mike Miles, it has not been officially announced. He practiced yesterday. I would expect him to be back in some capacity tonight. I think he'll play limited minutes. I don't see him coming out there and playing 35 minutes, but I feel like we will get some stretches of Mike Miles playing tonight, which will be great. You need him leading that offense. You need him taking some of that pressure off Damian Ball and Shahade Wells. Hopefully those guys can get going a little bit more. Maybe this is the night where Chuck O'Bannon is able to get out of his shooting slump. That would be huge. Um, you know, a guy that's been a bright spot lately, and it, it's fascinating. Like Jacoby Coles, I heard about him last year. He struggled, but I remember listening to Brian Estridge talking to Jamie Dixon and that was one of the players they mentioned as this guy's got a really pure shot. Um, you know, he dealt with some COVID last season that kept him out of practice for a long time. But when he's when he's going, when he's on, he can be a special talent. I think we're seeing that. I'd love to see some more confidence from him on the offensive side of the ball. He had a nice day scoring the ball against Baylor. I think having Miles back and hopefully Eddie Lampkin back, who's dealing with a family situation over the weekend, will also help Emmanuel Miller. Um, this team at full strength has shown to be dangerous. And tonight, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a must win, but you got to start piling up some victories. And it's tough because Iowa State doesn't typically lose at home. They're just coming off a home loss. So I'm, I'm imagining their energy level is going to be high tonight. 
But I think you at least have to find a way to split these next two games. Iowa State at home, Oklahoma State uh, – or excuse me, Iowa State on the road, Oklahoma State at home. Got to finish one and one. If you're seven and seven with four Big 12 games left, hopefully you can scrape together a few more wins. Um, it's a tough league, and to a certain extent, you just have to survive. Um, and if you're able to do that, then you're going to be really prepared for March. But bottom line is, you know, these losses keep piling up, and your resume looks worse and worse, even though TCU still sits here at number 22 in the country, and they are eighth in the Big 12. But we've seen the depth of this conference. Um, but the depth of this conference means there's also not guaranteed wins. I mean, there's games on the schedule that you look at and you think, yeah, those should be victories. Oklahoma State at home, but you already lost to them on the road. Um, Texas Tech on the road beat them earlier this year. But Tech seems to be playing Baylor better. Excuse me, They just beat Texas in Lubbock. Um, that's a, been a tough place to play historically, and especially as of late. You know, Oklahoma on the road, um, they've been known to surprise some people. They ran Alabama as the number one team out of the country out of the gym earlier this year in Norman. Uh, and, you know, TCU waxed them in Fort Worth, so I, I would think there's going to be some motivation there. So you have to find a way to steal some of these games that are coin flip games or you're not going to be favored. They won't be favored tonight against Iowa State in Ames. Uh, but hopefully Mike Miles being back, you know, that will not only help his, you know, just his season, his, his energy level, but hopefully it helps the whole team because they've they've kind of slogged through this without two of their best players. They've been competitive. They've had a chance to win a few games. It's just really tough to win down the stretch when you don't have your best, you know, ball handler or best player who can get it done at all three levels of the offense. So super excited to see Mike back on the court tonight. Hopefully that's the case, and hopefully he plays well. Um, and we we get to talk about a TCU victory because we've been talking about losses lately, and that's not nearly as fun. Um, I'll have a preview of what's uh, coming up on tomorrow's show next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, so uh, tomorrow, special guest, Alex Frank's going to come on the show. Um, we're going to do our TCU fan corner. We did this a little bit during the off season. We did one during the season. Um, I love to interact with fans. So if you want to come on the show, you can reach out to me on Twitter. You can reach out to me, you know, here on YouTube. Let me know. I'll try to get your information. Maybe we can find a time to connect and do this. Um, but yeah, we'll do TCU fan corner. Alex Frank's going to come on talk about the frogs, talk about the football season. We'll react to the basketball game that's happening tonight at Hilton Coliseum. This is locked on horn frogs. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 